1: For you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, in case he should suddenly come and find you asleep. But I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. Mark chapter 13 verses 35 to 37. all right yes indeed ladies and gentlemen welcome to the legion of michael and thank you for being here thank you for your support of the show uh let me check LegionOfmichael.com right now i'm going to go there and see if enrollment is still open let's see let's see yes as i speak the words into this black carbon steel microphone you have three days left for the current flight, the current enrollment of the Legion of Michael Church Security Program. So I would suggest that you get on it. There you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're coming up on the season of Easter, and it's time to remember, it's time to think about the words of Christ and the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior. And I was reading the book of Mark, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, that you guys uh, have read it. And in my The Bible that I have, I have a New American Standard 1977 version, and in the New American Standard 1977 version, uh, under destruction of the temple, and in uh, beginning at the very beginning, it says, and he was going out of the temple, uh, excuse me, and as he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, teacher, behold, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings, okay? he was all impressed. He's like, man, this is so cool. Isn't this great? Isn't this, aren't you impressed? <laughs> and Christ was probably not that impressed And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another, which will not be torn down. And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him privately. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are to going to be fulfilled? And Jesus began to say to them, See to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and will mislead many. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be frightened. Those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will arise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you to the courts, and you will be flogged in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake As a testimony to them. Now that I just wrote, read to verse nine right there. That's pretty heavy. That's kind of revelations type stuff right there. And I know as we look out at our world today, we see that evil men are holding sway over our nations, over our governments. And you have to wonder. You have to say to yourself, if you're paying attention, if you're a Christian who's paying attention. You might wonder, are there any good men? Are there any honest men left in government? Is that the case? I don't know if, if that is the case. There might be a few. There might be a few. Where does that leave us? That leaves us with our faith. And it leaves us with the words of Christ. And some people have said to me, they said, well, how will we know? Someone asked, they wrote in, they go, how will we know about the false prophets. How will we identify the false prophets? And as a, uh, as a firearms instructor, if, you, if you'll allow me a moment, if you'll allow me a moment, I have been asked for many years, decades even, how will I know if I'm going to a good school or a good teacher? How will I know if the instructor, the firearms instructor, is a good one? How do I, how will I know? How do I know if it's a good school? How do I choose? How do I decide? And my answer to them has always been well, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult because if you have no experience, if you have no training, then anyone who comes before you and offers you anything seems to have all the answers. If you have zero training and you go to someone or someone says, hey, do this, do that. To you, it seems like a good idea because you really have nothing to base it upon. And what I've said to people is, you it, the best way to learn is to just begin, just to start. Now, I recently wrote an article uh, about how to find a good firearms instructor, and I, I gave a little a checklist, you know, certain things that you could could look to. And when it comes to prophets and those coming in the name of Christ. False prophets and false Christs will arise, and they will preach in his name, and many will be fooled. And in, in my arena as a firearms instructor, as a small arms and tactics instructor, I see this. I see the masses being fooled by those that I will, well, dub as false prophets of the the firearms world, there are false prophets in the firearms world that are that are duping people with what I, theatrics, you know, the Instagram and the YouTube videos, the theatrics, the things that look good. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily anything that's wholesome or realistic, or valuable, but it looks good. And it sounds good. And they say things that sound cool very similar to the situation when we find ourselves as Christians. How will we know? I, I'm very sad. You know, Joel Osteen, and you're like, whoa, back up, pump the brakes before you talk about my man Joel. Some of you guys really like Joel Osteen, and some of you are like, you know, I, I liked Joel Osteen. I appreciated him when he came out with his first book. I read his first book, and I thought, wow, this guy really has a lot of good stuff to say. And then I followed him through plastic surgeries and Corvettes and multi-million dollar mansions and so forth. And I'm like, this guy, he cozying up to uh, Obama? Joel Osteen cozied up to Barack Obama, a person who is not a Christian, a person who is not a wholesome person. Someone who you should not be. A Christian should not look to that man and think, that's what we need to, that's who we need to emulate. It made me sad to see that. It made me sad that Joel Osteen went ahead and got plastic surgery, got cosmetic surgery. Why? Do you not appreciate what God gave you? Uh, And for a man, I can see women and I'm going off on a tangent, but hey, this is my show and you're here, so pay attention. I understand why women do cosmetic surgery. I don't think necessarily endorse it, but I understand why they do. Because women feel this this intrinsic need. They feel this, this need, this pressure to uh, improve themselves and so forth. But for a man, a man should age gracefully. A man the, the idea that a man would go through cosmetic surgery is is the ultimate in in self-indulgence and hubris, and in, it, it, it speaks to the ego, and I'm sorry, and you do what you want, live your life how you want it, but we got on the subject of, of false prophets, you know, uh, Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam, if you ever listen to Louis Farrakhan's speeches, many of them Contain words of pseudo wisdom or things that you would agree with. You know, when someone says something like, "Well, I I believe that everyone should be treated treated equally and fairly under the law," and you're like, "Well, I can't, I can't argue with that." And then he's like, "Kill all the Jews and the Christians!" I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, pump the brakes, man." And I don't know if he, he Farrakhan didn't come out and say that, but um, he's advocated for for violence and so forth. You got to listen to these people because they're not just going to come out and say, kill, kill, evil, evil. They're going to, they're going to mix in things that you would agree with. I mean, look at Adolf Hitler. If you read the, if you read Mein Kampf and you you read what Adolf Hitler said, he's like, I want all the children to be educated. You're like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, you know. Adolf Hitler wanted all the children to be educated, and he wanted all families to be able to own a car, and he wanted people, that's where the Volkswagen came from, a car for every person. You know, there were things in Mein Kampf that if you didn't know who the author was, if you just read it, the words and the sentences on their own, you're like, wow, yeah, I can get behind that. I can agree with that. This guy's got some good stuff to say. And then down the line, he's like, oh, yeah, and kill all the Jews. You're like whoa, hang on I thought we were talking about kindergarten and and you know people having enough food to eat and health care and that's what we do, that's what we see from our false prophets they say things like like every like health care is a right it's a human right and then you say well yeah I mean I'm not going to disagree with that or everyone deserves to be treated fairly and with respect and you're like okay Going back to our discussion of how to identify false prophets, Christ told us in in the New Testament, he said, you will know them by their fruits. A good tree does not bear bad fruit, and bad fruit does not come from a good tree. And an evil tree does not, or a bad tree does not produce good fruit. You will know them by the fruits that they produce. Don't worry so much about their, their words and their mannerisms and their, their mode of dress, the fancy stuff, the, the smoke in the mirrors and the waving of the hands. Instead, look to their behavior. Look to their actions. Look to the fruit that they produce. Is the fruit that they're producing something that glorifies God in, in all ways and at all times, or does it glorify them? Are they making things up? There are many church leaders who've decided to find things in the Bible that don't exist. And those things in the Bible that they found that don't exist in the Bible, do they glorify God and do they give all power and authority to God or do they give power and authority to man? You know, when a church says alcohol is a sin and it is Illegal or unlawful or sinful to drink alcohol, and no one that's who's a member of this church will consume any alcohol. And if you do, we will shun you and we will tell you that you're a sinner. And you say, Um, okay, where in the Bible does it say you cannot consume alcohol? Well, it says, Be ye not a drunkard, okay? Well, taking a drink of wine or a beer. And being a drunkard are not necessarily the same thing, are they? Well, I mean, it says, do not, you know, do not seek after wine and strong drink. You're like, okay, that's not the focus of my life. The focus of my life is not the consumption of alcohol, but where in the Bible does it say that if you allow alcohol or liquor to pass your lips, that you are a sinner? Well, not necessarily. Doesn't necessarily say that in the Bible, but, you know, that's the implication. The be ye not a drunkard, is an, that's the implication. You say, well, what was the first miracle? Who is our perfect example? Going back to my, my Sunday school time, we were taught that Christ Jesus was sent on this earth not only to save us, which he did, to save us, to be the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we could be res, saved from our sins, rescued from our sins. He was also placed on this earth as a man to be the ultimate example for us. What was the first miracle? The wedding in Cana, where Christ turned water into wine. Now, how is it that you say, you church leaders say, that the consumption of alcohol is a sin, and that sin will damn me to hell and eternal damnation? But Christ, our perfect example, turned water into wine. So was Christ a sinner? Are you trying to say he was a, that Christ consumed wine and therefore Christ was a sinner. Is that what you're telling me? Well no, oh, oh, hold on, pump the brakes. that's not what we're saying. You cannot separate the two. Now you say, why did you get into that? Because if you're looking for false prophets, you're looking for, for those who would lead you astray. What does the the prohibition against alcohol from a church perspective? When the church leaders say you're not allowed to do that, and if you want to do that, you can't be part of our church. If you're going to drink alcohol, if you're going to drink wine, beer, whatever, alcoholic spirits, you cannot be a part of our church. Who does that give all the glory and the power to? Does that give the power to christ does it give the power to god our father does it give the power to the holy spirit who does it who does it glorify are we glorifying god with our prohibition on wine or are we giving authority to men to control other men because what does that do does that prohibition Give authority to God. God doesn't need that authority. And God never said, Don't let wine pass your lips or you're a sinner and you're going to hell. But men said that. Therefore, men are setting themselves up as smarter than those who would set themselves up and say, If wine passes your lips, you are a sinner and you cannot go to heaven and you can't be part of this church. Who are they giving the power to? Are they giving the power to God or are they giving the power to themselves? Who are they glorifying? Are they glorifying God? Or are they glorifying themselves? Say, so, well, if we're going to be honest with each other, they're giving themselves that power. Going back to the how will we know. How do you know all this stuff, Paul? Because I have this book in front of me, and I read this book, and I've been reading this book, and I've been listening to others, and I study this book. Going back to the, Well, if I'm a brand new gun owner and I'm looking for a training class, how will I know who is a good instructor and who is a false prophet? Well, if you have no knowledge, you have no experience, the answer is you're not going to know. And those who fall for the false prophets and the false messiahs, how do they do that? Because they don't have that foundation. They don't have that education. They are the seeds that fall uh, by the wayside and they quickly sprout up, but they have no root. And as soon as the sun comes out, they wither and die because there's no root, there's no foundation. If you have no root, if you have no foundation, if you don't study the word of God, if you don't listen to his disciples, then when the false prophets and the false messiahs arise and they they flash and mirror and wave their hands, how are you going to know? How will you identify them? Sounds good. We have to ask ourselves, when these people come, are they speaking for God or are they speaking for man? Do their actions bring glory to God or do they bring glory to men? Do their actions and commands, do they give them the control over your life, or do they give God the control over your life? Because if men show up and they say, these are the list of rules, and you say, yeah, but I already have those rules, there's 10 of them. And Moses wrote them down. He brought them down on tablets. There's 10 rules. You say, yeah, I know there's 10, but we have a bunch more. You say, when people say, you are forbidden to whatever the, the the church elders they, they come out and they're like okay we've decided where you are not allowed to drink alcohol you are not allowed to um have caffeine or stimulates you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do that these are the things you're not allowed to do and you say i read the basic instructions i went to exodus i went to the book of exodus and moses came down and there wasn't any there weren't anything on those tablets that said don't drink caffeine. Don't eat chocolate. Don't eat meat. Don't eat this meat. Don't eat that meat. Where are these things? From where do they come from and how do they become sins? Well, just because they're not in the Bible doesn't mean, well, what do you mean? This, These are our instructions, buddy. These are the instructions. These are the words of Christ. Where You say, Whoa, well, there's Old Testament and there's New Testament. You say, well, in the New Testament, what is the greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Put your God before all others. Put your God before the elders. Yes, yes. I am telling you to put God and Christ Jesus ahead of the pastor. They're supposed to be his reps, his disciples, not your rulers. If someone sets themselves up as your ruler in the name of God and they expect you to give glory to them first, listen to them first and then yeah i mean if you want to go ahead and follow the the other stuff in that book we can do that too ladies and gentlemen how will you know be on the alert now i read the the very last portion of chapter 13 now depending on the uh, on the The Bible that you read, whether it's King James or the Berean or the New International or whatever, the verbiage can be a little bit different. It says, stay on the alert. It said, be watchful, be ever on the watch, uh, and so forth. And the one that I have says, be on the alert. Be on the alert for whom? Be on the alert for false prophets. Be on the alert and be ready and be prepared for when God your Father... Sends his son back to the earth. When he comes back, Christ Jesus is the man who went in his parable away on a journey. And the servants and the watchmen have no idea when he's coming back. Could be tonight, could be tomorrow, could be in the morning, could be late in the evening. You don't know. Don't let him find you asleep. Don't let him find you slumbering. Be on the alert and be prepared. And understand, in chapter 13, wars and rumors of wars. There will be famine. Kingdom will be set against kingdom. But these are all birthing pangs. When you look out at the world today and you say, man, this world is screwed up from left from Sunday. It is not in a good position. We have evil men in our governments worldwide. We have evil men in our state governments, evil men in our city governments, evil men in our national governments, and evil men and women. There are evil women in Washington, D.C. There are evil women sitting in the governor seats of our states. And we recognize that. Those who would sacrifice babies and your children to their God, to, their, to Satan, that's the, let's face facts. Let's go ahead and break it down. Abortion is sacrifice to Satan. And if you don't think so, well, I don't know what you're doing here, but you need to read your Bible. It doesn't say, well, thou shalt not commit murder, unless it's an inconvenient baby, then go ahead and murder it. Satan requires sacrifice from his servants. And one of the ser- sacrifices that they give him is, is the lives of innocent, the most innocent amongst us. Could there be any more innocent child than a newborn baby? Could there be any more innocent human on earth than a freshly born child? And yet in New York State, the minions of Satan say, yeah, you you can kill that. Oh, that that child was just born. It's okay. You don't want it. You go ahead and kill it. Sacrifice it to Satan. Satan. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you will know. That's how you will know the false prophets. By their actions, by their deeds. The same people that want to sacrifice your babies to Satan are the same ones that talk about equity and fairness for all. They're the same ones who will say things like, we need to have universal health care because health care is a right. Everyone has a right to this. Everyone has a right to that. Fairness and equity and save the earth the same people that tell you that you need to save the earth will take an infant child a newborn child and sacrifice it to satan you will know them by their fruits for a good tree does not bear bad fruit and a bad tree does not bear good fruit how will you know well, if you have no education, if you have no training, if you have no knowledge, you won't know. And you will fall. And many do fall for these false prophets. Look at look across the nation. Look how many of your your brothers and sisters, your neighbors, your relatives, your friends fell for the trick of Satan or are still falling for the tricks of Satan. How many of them cowered in their houses and refused to go to churches? How many of them lay silent and dormant and refused to praise their God? How many would not go out and openly do it? How do we stay on alert? Many of you I know in my audience have what's a routine of a daily devotional, and that is fantastic. There are a lot of good daily devotional books out there. One of them that, that I discovered years ago it was gifted to me was, uh, you guys remember when the, the Duck Dynasty guys were real popular about 10 years ago? And thank God for them. Thank God for them, for the Robertsons, and for the testimony of the Robertsons. Oh, deeply dedica- dedicated Christian men. And they put out a Duck Dynasty daily devotional, and it was, it was given to me as a gift probably about, I'm going to go ahead and say about 10 years ago, maybe not quite 10 years ago. Uh, it has a camouflage cover, and you can get it on Amazon. And if you don't have, uh, it says it was released in 2013, so almost 10 years ago, so nine years ago. Uh, if you're looking for a daily devotional, I would recommend that one. If you're not doing a daily devotion, I think you should start. Part of your weekly devotion is listening to us here at the Legion of Michael podcast, and I thank you for that. All right. I think that's enough of me talking. I think I'm going to let you guys get back to your day and your week. But before we go, you say, how will I know the evil? How will I know and how will I recognize the minions of Satan and his disciples? Well, first of all, you need to have faith and you need to fold your hands in prayer and ask God. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and the skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.